Welcome to Musicians versus the World. If I could name two activities that I'm passionate about, they would be music and being active outside. This spring, I celebrated a personal milestone by signing up for my first marathon with a close and equally crazy friend of mine. After I had signed up and paid all the fees, I realized that the marathon would fall right in the middle of rehearsals for a large orchestral and choir concert that I was conducting and producing. And between all the meetings and rehearsals and teaching and practicing and my family, I thought there is no way that any of these projects are going to go well. This is going to be such a rough springtime. But as it turns out, they both went extremely well. There was somehow time for everything. And I found that somehow I had the energy and mental capacity for everything. And the exhilaration of finishing the marathon and the exhilaration of finishing a successful concert was very, very similar. That being said, I was able to walk a lot easier after the concert than I was after the marathon. But this got me thinking that athletics and music aren't really all that different. And in fact, doing one, even on a recreational basis, can actually help a person in the other. So to test this theory, I enlisted the help of the talented physical therapist that helped me along in my marathon training. His name is James Wilkes, and he just also happens to be my brother. He agreed to be interviewed for this podcast, but wanted to make sure that I tell you that any information he gives is just for informational purposes and should not be considered personal therapeutic advice. If you are having problems or pain of any sort, you should talk to your medical professional and should consult with them before starting any new exercise program. So can music help us become better athletes? And how can getting into exercise and athletics help us to become better musicians? And is it possible to do this without hurting ourselves? Lace up those running shoes and let's take a look at it. So hello, James. How's it going? Would you like to introduce yourself for our listeners? Sure. So, as Christine said, I'm James Wilkes. I've been a practicing physical therapist for about two years now. Graduated from the University of Utah in 2018, and I've been practicing in Salt Lake City in outpatient orthopedics, dealing with all different types of orthopedic injuries from shoulders to arms, elbows, hands, feet, knees, backs, whatever it may be. I've been able to help people get back on their feet playing sports or, in this case, getting back to being musicians. Okay. So James, I have a theory that when I was training for that marathon, it actually helped me to become a better conductor for a concert that I was also rehearsing for at the same time. So my theory is that being a musician can help people become better athletes and that doing athletics or exercise or sports can help people become better musicians. So I put it to you. Do you think that I'm right on that theory. I would say you're right on the ball with that one. Well, what I tell my patients, exercise will help you with anything, whether it's getting back to work or whether it's helping your cognitive. Anytime you're exercising, you're going to be healthier. You're going to have more energy. And so whether that's playing music, conducting, I'd say exercise is definitely going to help you improve. And what I found was really interesting with, with my concert is that I accidentally wore my running watch to a rehearsal. And I found that when I was conducting, my heart rate was the same 
as when I was doing my long training runs. It was really crazy. It was, I don't know if it was because I was nervous or because I was waving my hands around and jumping around a lot. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure. And so I was like, Hey, sweet. This is cross training. (laughs) This is fantastic. This is a great workout. So that actually kind of brings us to how exercise can help with music. Because then when I went to perform, I was accustomed to being on my feet for hours at a time. And I was accustomed to having my heart rate elevated and having my mind clear with my heart rate elevated. So when I got the performance jitters, it really didn't affect me because it was something that my body was accustomed to. So what I have started to do with my other performances, because there's a couple different types of practicing, you know, you practice to perfect your piece. And then you also do performance practicing, you know, where you kind of run through it for someone, you know what I'm talking about? Um, so what I sometimes would do is if I didn't have someone to perform for, I would go do some jumping jacks and get my heart rate up and then play. Is that okay to do health wise? Mental state is huge with exercise, just as it is with performance that mental preparation. That's a huge aspect. For example, for you with jumping jacks, being able to raise your heart rate to mimic that performance anxiety. It actually did two things for you. It got you ready for your performance so you could practice, but then even doing just that little bit of exercise, getting that heart rate up, getting that blood flowing to the brain, getting to, to all your body, I think actually helped you with your performance in general. So without even knowing it, you did two things at once. Oh, wow. I know. That's great. (laughs) Well, I'm going to keep on doing that then. Doing those jumping jacks. (laughs) (laughs) So for you, when you're running that marathon, you overall were in a healthier state. You had your heart rate lower. You lowered your stress because a lot of times running is that outlet. And as far as I know, musicians never have stress. When you do encounter that rare time of stress or that rare time of <laughs> performance anxiety, running exercise is a great outlet, whether it's you're training for a marathon or even just simple exercises that day. Do you want to talk about exercise and inflammation and how that could possibly help musicians? Absolutely. And so a very common injury is a tendonitis injury or an overuse injury. And a lot of times that'll happen from things that we've talked about with running, with if you're not running at the proper cadence or speed, or there's something off with your gait, or for a musician, you're using your arms, you're using your hands, you're worried about your posture, all those things can wear on the body. And when your muscles aren't prepared for it, or even if your muscles are prepared for it, but you practice an extra hour that day, or you tried a new piece and your muscles weren't used to going that way, then all of a sudden the body's like, whoa, what's going on here? We're sore. And a lot of times people don't realize that you don't want to push through that pain necessarily. Well, if you're in performance, you just push through the performance because you need to. But <laughs> right. if you're practicing, you're preparing for a performance and it's coming up, the stress in your body is there, the pain's there, and so people just want to push through it. But the best thing to do is first try to eliminate that stress the best you can. So you obviously can't get rid of the performance, but finding ways to exercise, finding your outlet that way. 
And then two, trying to let those muscles calm down. So for maybe 24 hours, instead of actually physically performing the piece, try to mentally go through it. You're just preparing in a different way to let those muscles kind of relax. And as that pain comes down, you're preparing in a different way, allowing your body to heal. A lot of times when I'm stressed or if I'm getting ready for a big performance, I'll tense up a lot and that can cause extra fatigue in my hands or in my wrists or wherever. And if I do push through that, then I start showing signs of tendonitis and don't want to practice through tendonitis for sure. Nope. That's when you call your physical therapist. Exactly. (laughs) That leads me to my next question. Do you have any tips for musicians to help them maybe recognize the signs of tendonitis or ways to prevent it or ways to prevent overuse injuries that inevitably come up when we play with tension and stress? So the biggest thing I'd say is being aware of your body. You know how much pain or not even pain, but soreness or fatigue you feel after a piece or when you're performing. And you don't want to go too much beyond that. I mean, if you start a new piece and it's tiring, then you want to break it up into sections, take your rest breaks. So it's the same principles that we tell people who exercise is we kind of call them the soreness rules. If after 24 hours you're sore, then the next day it goes away, that's fine. If you're sore, but then you warm up and you feel okay, then that's usually okay too. What you want to look out for is if, say, you're warming up on the piano and your fingers are sore, but then you're warming up and you're still sore that day, even after doing kind of your warm-ups, then that's when you want to be careful not saying necessarily stop that day, but if each day it's getting a little bit worse and worse, you're warming up and it's not getting better. That's when you kind of want to like, Hmm, what's going on here? Do I need to take a rest? Do I need to break it up a little bit more? Do I need to do some stretches? Do I need to maybe like even heat my hands before just something to calm down that pain? Or what I usually tell people is heat before activity and then ice afterwards. So when you're heating it, it's just kind of loosening up those joints and those muscles. But then afterwards, When you have that blood flow there, you've been using those muscles, that ice just helps calm down that inflammation in the muscle, helps just calm down all the musculature, calm down those joints. So that way should help out with that soreness. And so if it is starting to get worse and worse, how many days in a row of pain would you usually go before calling your doctor or your physical therapist? That's a good question. Before calling my physical therapist or my doctor, I would say it would get to the point where you realize like this is limiting my activity. This is like, ooh, this is something's wrong here and it's going beyond me just stretching out. I've taken a few days off and I want to kind of stop this before it worsens so that way you can't get to that performance. And so it's a hard to say X amount of days, call your doctor It's more of just kind of you knowing your body, you realizing this isn't getting better like a normal soreness is. I better go get this checked out. So let's go over how music can make you a better athlete. And so I know just from my experience, whenever I would run a race, if I put on music, it would really pump me up and I would actually run a lot faster when I was listening to music. Have you seen anything like that in your practice? Absolutely. And I mean, even just exercising myself, if you don't have music going on in the background, it's a lot easier to just give up. You don't have that extra motivation, that extra beat to keep you going. And I know in our clinic, we always have music going. 
some mornings you're tired and you forget to turn the music and all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, something's not right here. And people are just <laughs> kind of dragging along and you're all about to fall asleep at seven in the morning. But then once you turn the music and we just play the good old oldies in our clinic, people will start singing along, they start forgetting what they're doing. And then before you know it, 40 minutes is up and they're like, Ooh, I'm tired. And they're feeling energized and ready to go. Oh, so they don't even realize that they're working very hard because they're just having fun listening to the music. As long as it's a good song. Once the song comes on that they don't like, all of a sudden they remember. But when they have a good <laughs> song going and they're singing along, they definitely lose track. And all of a sudden those sets are not nearly as hard as when it's just silence. That's very true. Actually, a lot of times I like to run with a partner. But when I run by myself, I actually have a playlist and I know, okay, about 30 minutes into the run, I know that I'm going to be in my groove so I can listen to this. But then about halfway through, I'm going to, I'm going to be like, oh man, I'm only halfway through. So then I put music on that reminds me of my kids and it really pumps me up because I start singing along because it's the type of music that they would just jam out to in the car. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so, so I actually time out my uh, soundtrack to my run, if you will. And it really helps a lot. That's smart. And that's, and that's one of the best things you can do with exercises, finding the things that you enjoy and planning them out the way that you did. So that's one of the first steps to exercise is finding what you enjoy, what, what's going to motivate you, what's going to get you past that point where you're sore and you want to stop. Cause I'm sure for you at 30 minutes, it'd be easy. Like, okay, yeah, let's just take it easy. Let's just walk home or let's just <laughs> like, Hey, there's the turnaround for the 5k. <laughs> Maybe I'll that, take that. <laughs> but once those motivational songs come on, you're ready to go. You're re-energized and you're eager to finish. Exactly. So when I was training, I found that one of the things that made it the easiest for me was running with a metronome because I was reading all of these running articles. And they said that actually timing out your strides to a certain number of steps per minute can actually help prevent injuries. And I know that you found that to be true. So do you want to talk about that a little bit? Definitely. We get countless amount of injuries coming in with people who are running and they've just recently increased their miles or ever since they started running, they've been having more pain in their knees and legs and backs and they're, they're confused. They're like, I'm exercising. What's going on? We'll get them on the treadmill, watch them run. They may have some different gait impairments, but one of the biggest things is even just increasing their cadence. Research has shown that around 180 beats per minute will decrease a lot of your lower extremity injuries. Just having that increased cadence will improve your different lower extremity muscles firing so that way it supports the knee, supports the feet, and you're not having as many of those overuse injuries. You're not having as many of those injuries that are going to limit you. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, yeah, because when I when I called you, I had an overuse injury, and it happened when I started logging a lot more miles. So then, once I did all my exercises, you told me, and then I upped my cadence to around 180. I tried. I even actually got a metronome out one time and ran with the metronome the entire time to see if that helped, and it actually really did help. And so then I was sold. I was like, ah, good. And then I really didn't have any more injuries after that. There you Just, go. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> and that's exactly what we do in the clinic. We'll get a metronome. I mean, you can, something as simple as downloading an app on your phone, or I guess as musicians, you all have metronomes of some sort. So Yeah, we all have metronomes <laughs> on our phones. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, just getting that out, setting it to 180 and trying to increase your cadence. You don't have to do it all at once because anything with exercise, if you 
our exercise right now and all of a sudden you jump into exercise, you're most likely going to have some aches and pains. But you want to mm -hmm. gradually increase. So if you're at 120, then bump it up to 140, 160, and then slowly work your way up to 180. And if for some reason your metronome's broken, you can make a playlist like you did. And I mean, there's full playlists you can find that have 180 beats per minute. And I know you can just listen to that the whole time. And then once it's time to cool down, it will slow down for you. Or again, you can make your own. And I think it's important to know that the cadence of 180 means that you're taking shorter strides. It doesn't mean that you're like sprinting the whole time. Like your steps are shorter and more frequent. That's a good point because it, that helps to keep your center of gravity yeah. more in line with your body. And so that way you're not putting that extra stress on your knees, extra stress on your feet, keeping yourself healthy. So that way when your race is in two weeks or even if you have a big concert or performance coming up, hands are healthy, your feet are healthy and you're ready to go. Yeah. So the last question I have is about getting started. A lot of the musicians I know are already into some sort of athletic program, like they're either runners or cyclists, or they like to swim or do yoga. Um, the crazy ones are triathletes, but you know, but they they like to do things. But there, I know that there's a lot of musicians that don't enjoy athletics or exercise of any sort. What sort of advice do you have for them? What's something that they can do to get started without becoming exhausted or, you know, just to, a good way to get them going. One of the easiest things that you can do with exercise is because everyone will come in and say, I don't have time to exercise or I don't like to exercise, but there's so many simple things that you can do just in your daily life. Things like take the stairs instead of the elevator. You're getting some aerobic exercise. You're getting some strengthening in there and you just feel better and you get your heart rate up. Usually by the fourth flight, I'm out of breath, but, <laughs> but you can um, do something simple like that to just build up that endurance, build it, start exercising that way or things like parking further out. I know now it's getting to the colder months, but even parking just a little bit further away. So you have to walk into that door. Um, or if you're walking somewhere in your office or you're walking around your house, taking a longer way, just finding little ways to increase exercise like that is by far the easiest thing that anyone can do. As far as an actual exercise program, the first thing I always recommend is finding what you enjoy. For me, I don't like going to the gym. It's not enjoyable to do big resistance exercises over and over in a hot, sweaty gym. What I like to do is if you put a ball in front of me, I'll go chase it. I need some sort of motivation to like some sort of sport, some sort of, some goal at the end. Um, and so that for me personally, I love to play in like city softball leagues or volleyball, pick up volleyball games, basketball games, just something where I'm getting my heart rate up. I'm doing exercise. So that's me personally for a musician or for any other person. You just have to really find what you enjoy, what's stopping you from doing it, and then figure out a plan where to start. A lot of times people think that they need to go from lifting no weights to, all right, I'm going to go five days a week. I'm going to start lifting every day. And then that's when they start to get those tendonitis injuries. And so starting slow, starting low weights, high repetitions, 
or in a aerobic setting, if you want to start running, don't go run 10 miles day one. You want to start mm -hmm. with maybe one mile or even time it. You want to go five minutes, walk a couple minutes, run five minutes, just some sort of attainable goal. As everyone has at some point in their life set a goal that they want to do this, they want to do this, but two days later, it's like, nope, I failed, I'm done. But with exercise, it's a daily thing, whether it's improving your musician skills or just your overall health. Exercise is key to just living a healthy life, being more cognitively sound, having less stress in your life. And so just finding ways to exercise is just going to overall make you a much happier person. And then the one last thing I'll say is we all get sore. There's always that first time when you run, you get sore, and you're like, forget that. I'm not doing that ever again. <laughs> and no matter who you are, you've quit at least once. I guarantee it. Yep. But it's getting, getting past that stage. The minute you get past that soreness, all of a sudden it's just that invigorating, like, all right, I can do this. And then you just go up and up and up. And then someday an injury is going to come. Someday some barrier is going to come. But the biggest thing is you don't want to completely give up. If you fall back, you just have to get back on, start going step by step and getting up to that point where you can be healthy, be exercising and just living a healthier life to help you in all aspects of your life. And most importantly, your musician skills so you can take off and become a star. The way you were describing exercise, it sounds so much like practicing an instrument. It's ridiculous how similar they are <laughs> very similar <laughs> yeah and if exercising makes practicing more efficient then it's a great thing to do <laughs> absolutely i once had a piano teacher who told me to practice and i never practiced so here i am physical therapist not a world-class musician <laughs> but a very good physical therapist <laughs> it is true we each have our calling in life yes we do yes we do well thanks for talking with me today james i really appreciate it absolutely anytime you need exercise advice give me a call will do and if you ever decide to take up piano again and need <laughs> practicing advice you give me a call sounds good Musicians vs. the World is produced by Frosted Lines Entertainment in conjunction with Smith Sound Music. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you don't miss out on any future conversations. And if there is a topic that you would love to hear about, send us an email at info at frostedlens.com. We can also be found on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and on our Musicians vs. the World section of the Frosted Lens website. And that website is frostedlens.com. Thanks so much for listening. See you soon.